Welcome back to Less Than 10, and EVE Online small gang PvP podcast. My name is Bloodruin. I'm here with Feral and a very interesting guest, Vili, the head of Test. Say hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> yeah, that's Vili, and <laughs> I, again, I'm Feral. That just sounded like super, uh, like um scripted uh so you know now we're into <laughs> the <laughs> totally normal you, part of you always make unscripted things sound scripted blood it's awesome anyway. <laughs> well that wasn't scripted oh that was totally sounded like it, was. it sounded like you're reading your like your, your standard like show intro uh, we never have one nope. so, yeah, so, so so billy's on tonight which is uh super interesting because if, if any of you guys don't know billy is uh the head person in test alliance please ignore uh, he's been around Eve for ages and ages and ages. Uh, I'll, I'll get him to tell a little bit of a story here once I'm done the intro. But um, yeah, so he's on the current current CSM member. Um, he's been the target of some recent uh, small gang memes, which we'll get into. Uh, yes, yeah, so why don't you just kind of tell everyone uh, kind of who you are, where you where you come from, and what you do? Uh, whew, okay. Uh, so I'm Billy. Uh... I guess I'm a CSM 14 member, a CSM 2 alternate. I'm uh, one of the leadership members of Test Alliance Please Ignore. I've been a fleet commander in EVE at basically all levels since roughly 2006. Uh, I started out my PvP career uh, with some pretty terrible alliances and moved my way up over time. Uh, the first really good PvP alliance, I was, or PvP alliance, I only think alliances now. Uh, the p first real PvP corp I was in was a group called Beagle Corp, which were used to harass up in the northern areas, and a lot of the uh, former members of that corp ended up, uh, you know, branching off into many of the elite PvP crews of nowadays. Um, from there, I went into the old original Mercenary Coalition. Uh, I was the highest uh, highest ranked PvP -er in that alliance uh, up until its death in, I think, 2007. Uh, I was in Razor Alliance for like a year. Uh, then I was with Exalted, which was a low-sec crew in the Great Wildlands slash Delve area. Uh, then I went on to mostly Harmless Alliance, was in the high command of that, and then I did Goonswarm for five years, did a whole bunch of wars and alliances and stuff in that. Then I joined Test, and I've been here for five years. So that, that's like a the short summary of my uh, EVE experiences. Nice. And some of you guys might be wondering why we're having someone with such a like prolific like Nullsec, Sov-based kind of background on the show. And I'll tell you why. And that's because um, when we were pretty new, uh, it must have been within a couple weeks of creating the Discord, Philly joined. And I saw him join in the welcome stream. And I, I DM'd him. I was like, hey, are you like Billy from Test CSM Billy? And he's like, yeah, I am. I was like, oh, what are you doing here? 
<laughs> and, and he he kind of explained that he he does have a, a interest in the small gang and he has fond memories of doing small gang and he just you know wants to listen to the podcast and and hang out in the discord and and whatnot so uh there's that aspect the other aspect is i think um i mean you guys probably know this but blood and i aren't like one of those meme type people we don't really do like the the all the big memes on reddit and and uh i try to be treat people in eve like how i would in real life and i'm I'm just not like that so that's so a lot of people are i'm not that's fine but i try to uh be an ambassador of small gang a little bit to encourage more people to get into it and uh, i think there's a lot of we can learn about each other a little bit and and uh i don't know maybe find some common ground maybe encourage some people in some newer players that are in some of these null set groups to you know, uh, go filament or respond to roamers in, in like, uh, more educational ways, I guess is a good way to put it <laughs> in ways they'll, they'll learn things. Um, so I don't know, maybe that's wishful thinking. Well, but, I mean, uh, if, if, you, if you want me to like send the boys out to like feed to you, it's, it's, it's like probably not the best angle, but I, I can definitely, uh, say that sometimes I, I definitely wish the average, uh, large alliance, uh, member had had a more clear understanding of what they need to uh get a fight out of somebody who's filamenting for sure yeah Although there's al there's always cases where uh somebody comes in with like five nano orthroses and you're like yeah they're not really interested in trying to do anything besides Dude, uh i gotta tell this we're gonna get like right into story time because this is actually a good one <laughs> oh, so, <yeah? laughs> so the other week i was filamenting and we we got uh we were in in, in esoteria and uh there was a redeemer and it was name so redeemer pops up on dscan it was right when we filmed in and his name was like uh like ded runner and all the guys were like yeah redeemer on d redeemer on d like let's find him and i'm like who does a dd in a redeemer like that's a terrible ship if you're gonna do dds in black ops i'm pretty sure people use like sins and widows and marshals right so next thing happens is he's on a we find him on a gate jump through he cloaks on the other side and lets us decloak and tackle him sure enough <laughs> we, we start bumping him and uh i'm pretty sure he had no prop he was literally scram long point scram web <laughs> for the four mids tackled like multiple people sino up bunch of supers jump in and i mean like so that's the thing is like that's small gang that happens it was hilarious but um i'm not even like that kind of response doesn't even bother me it's because it's it's like i mean really we knew i assumed it was bait like i even yeah, said like, nobody nobody does that in a well redeemer. that like, one ship's yeah, class besides recons that could fit a sino i wonder I know, right but like, it's like in that some... instance you should have known better you, you, but you know you what, like, when you're when oh, you're, sorry, on, you're like, telling me somebody actually got in scram range oh yeah we were bumping them off the gate but that's oh, the thing is like well played on your like fifth filament of of you nothing of no content anymore. you just stop caring you're just like yeah you know what like this could be a redeemer kill and you're thirsty and it's like that's the way I film it. We don't film it with like I don't film it with snakes and like 1.5 bill fits. Like I pretty much cap my fit and pod at like 400 mil when I'm filamenting. And I I fly with people who do the same. Like that's 
kind of where where we're at. That's it's like the fun. It doesn't hurt to lose. It's fine, right? But anyway, that was one, and and uh, I, that was a pretty good response. Um, I haven't been had a, a cap dropped on me for well, that's not true. It happens a lot less frequently than it used to, but it was a it was a pretty good play. So yeah, props to those guys. It's more common to be fighting on a grid and have caps come in or get involved than it is to have them sinoed in currently, and I think that's a lot due to the sino changes like i'm kind of curious really like from your perspective both on csm like what you can share but then also within like the null empire view like how do you feel that the sino changes being like those restrictions have do you feel that they are to the point that it's detrimental or do you think it's like to the point where it makes a better ecosystem all around um like kind of i'm kind of curious on your like view on that so when they initially told us about the Sino changes, uh, I, I can pretty safely say I was like, oh, this doesn't sound good, boys. But they're like, we're doing this. and we're, So, you know, CCP's like, we're going to do something. You you can either, like, you know, yell loudly or you can yell quietly, but they're still going to fucking do it, right? Like, like the only role certain times when C- they, they give CSM uh, the, these points of, like, we're doing this is, like, you can provide input on, like, possible um, impacts, right? And obviously... Yeah, yeah. Like one of the impacts, you know, we talked about was like the fact that it's going to fuck up all the jump freighter stuff, and in all likelihood, that discussion probably led to what became the industrial sino. Uh, but for the most part, they said they're doing it. Where I was like, I don't know, this sounds not good, boys, because there's all kinds of like the sino is such a crazy uh, module and how it affects the game. Uh, so I, you know, that's that's some cr- pretty big crazy change. Um, I wasn't really for it at the start, and I you know, whatever, but I, I've been kind of pleasantly surprised at how well it's gone and how much of a good change I think it's been overall. I still think it probably could, you know, reliably be expanded to like Hicks or maybe like one other ship class because I, I feel like it makes recons a little too predictable in certain elements. But overall, I think it's a really good change. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and Black yeah. Ops. You know, your, your 1.5 bill Black Ops sinos are... <laughs> Like a pretty oh, rare uh, event, right? They are. Um, but but I think it, it's been really good. I, I think it it took umbrellas down a, a reasonable amount. I think it definitely reduced the kind of like just pop sino and have caps jump to you like natural yeah. response that people had to almost everything. Well, I remember, now, like in most cases, if you want to really do this, you have to create a situation where you're either accepting the loss of a recon or your you know, not right. I mean, I remember every single saber that we encountered having a sino on it. You know, um, oh yes, my man. You know, <laughs> every it, or or every gnosis or every like literally yeah. every, any ship that was uh, you know between like twenty to thirty mil would have a sino on it. So it's kind of you know, it's from our perspective that's much nicer, but it's also like you know we're biased, like, and I I do see that and so that's kind of the curiosity there is like what situations are so you're you're definitely like i 100 admit it's like detrimental to nullsec in terms of like the nullsec like control but i don't think it's a bad thing overall like as i said like i was against it like yeah. when i like when i was originally told about it but like cc was like you're doing it i'm like okay uh but but i've been pleasantly pleasantly surprised how it's adjusted the ecosystem like just because something is bad for nullsec control doesn't mean it's bad for the game, and and that's definitely been 
something I've seen play out multiple times and something many things I've pushed for actually. Yeah. It's just that you're you're trying to create a healthy ecosystem and Sinos as they were were so oppressive in so many different ways that like you can't even like comprehend all the possible implications it's had for every, you know, fleet battle fight, roaming gang, etc. for like the last year or so since it's happened. Yeah. It as Blood said, like it's been a world of difference from a small gang perspective, from my perspective, roaming and not necessarily getting like just just something you can't can't even engage with. I mean, you still get stuff dropped on you that you can't engage with, whether it's like recon spam or, you know, whatever, a, a, a rapier decloaks and lights a sino. But it's it's such it's so much like it's more, more predictable. It's easier to see coming. You can easily leave. But definitely, I think it's a good change. Um, yeah, the, the whole like Nullsec small gang ecosystem is something we really like a huge topic that we might as well we're kind of getting into it organically we'll just keep going but so how can we kind of start this let's say right now someone yeets into um we don't have to use test as an example let's say i i yeet into you well, know the reactions of each different empire and area are quite different if you fill them in right? they are they are it's it's uh it's something as people film it more and more they're gonna learn um it, it's super interesting uh the dynamic the of each little region and what fraternity. goes on there that's yeah, all fraternity. i have to say just fraternity yeah, just fraternity well, the, the fraternity Chinese is really good have a super high um community between behind their their writing uh strategies like i yeah. i believe it's something that's come from uh, serenity but like when, when they like in test it's called fleet six and goons i think it's called the standing fleet whatever like like the the, the ratting fleet where everybody stands together like fraternity does this to a level and to a de the same degree AOA, aom does it where like you come into their space like a hundred dudes are like they have interrupted my ratting in you know in chinese and they're like kill 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 and like there's like vegas and stilettos coming in from all angles and you're like get the fuck out of here yeah right? like exactly so that's one side and the other side is um people dock up so yes. <laughs> my 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 biggest question is is there room for a common ground is there room so that people are kind of punished for docking up in some way what way we can hypothesize about that um so that if a roaming gang comes into a space and everyone's initial reaction is to dock up and wait till they leave like kill them with boredom um wh what are your thoughts on that should should the gang be able to either inflict damage on that group because they are staying docked or you know profit through, through some means of isk through like a, a reworked ess or something like where are your thoughts on on that yeah I, i'm definitely in uh in favor of a reworked ess and i think if you had it so that ess's were maybe mandatory i don't know like obviously the ess itself probably needs some rework or maybe tied to like ihub upgrades in some way yeah, like I, I definitely feel like if a if a gang even like filaments in like a small little gang, there should be some way to um, incentivize pushing them out besides boring them out. Uh, yeah, but like, yeah, 
and it, it's not an easy answer, right? Cause, it's not. You know, the the isk per hour element of it is quite relevant to, and, uh, you know, PVE uh, is comparable to other PVE in all other areas of space, and it's a... It's a, it's a very complex question. It is, and uh, it, it kind of deserves a complex answer too. I mean, we could go on for ages about this, I bet. But it, like, the whole ecosystem is is tough. I think, I don't think they could just make a change and say, like, what about it will impact this other thing, or it now this won't compare with this other PVE activity that that is more. It kind of, it, it's kind of like a fundamental thing that needs to just have changes happen and hopefully you know coming back and, and changing other things it's the whole risk versus reward thing it's a huge it's not just a small gang change it's like a fundamental eve philosophy change and a lot of the like so some of the responses i see is like people complain like oh you you just want to uh like bash in our ratters teeth and then like you're just going to run away well yeah if you form like 50 dudes i'm going to run away but like most small gangers or or in my opinion the people that are truly like doing small gang they don't care about tackling a ratter and killing it like that doesn't get them going the killing only another, reason killing another gila is not the goal <laughs> no exactly the <laughs> whole point in tackling gilas is to try and force a response to get people to to be like oh, okay well now there's 250 mil on the table i'll undock and help my friend right like so if we can just take that feeling of potential loss and apply it to something that's a little easier to do than um or maybe even a little more like engaging to do than tackle an afk gila um you know i think i think we'd be at a a much healthier outcome i don't know it's a tough I, one i mean i always kind of go back to the example of station services when they were something that could be in tosis and shut down and now with citadels we don't have anything like that and like i found that to be something useful i didn't i didn't necessarily find it to be like a great mechanic or anything but being able to shut down someone's fitting services or clone bay at a, a major station because they weren't willing to undock was like that was one of the ways to kick off a fight um and so like that not being a possibility or not having something similar um to cause that and in like the what i found to be the, the key point there was that it wasn't just going to affect the like one person. So for instance, you catch a rat in Gila and that's going to affect that one person, right? Their ability to make this. And maybe somebody will come out to help them. Maybe somebody won't. But when you like shut down clone services on a, a, a station or in a system, one of the things is that affected every person who lived in that system. And I, I remember doing it like lived in like curse or scalding pass area and we did it to the Australian Alliance that like made everything. They made all their stuff freebie, uh, Freeport. It was Phoebe Freeport. And so we, we did that. And it was funny because we were doing it like two days in a row. And it was like just two of us. And someone actually started complaining in local. Like, guys, why are you shutting <laughs> off cloning services like the, in our in our main station? And we were like, well, you just need to come out and fight and get those turned back on you know like and that was the thing it wasn't it wasn't that we were like doing it it was we were just trying to annoy anyone who lived there enough to come fight us you know and so that one i i see that mechanic where just something that universally affects the people in that system um you know like and i don't know how it how that kind of mechanic 
disrupted bigger empires like during times of war i only used it as you know a small interaction um but it allowed me and like my three dudes to do something where if if even just one person wasn't willing to try to entosis that back up during off times in order to get like cloning bays back on eventually the people that live there that were outside of that were affected and had to take some action um and like yeah i that's kind of one of those things like we say it's like a it would require a complicated answer right so i I don't know if that's something we could see added to citadels or if that would even be beneficial well i'll I'll be honest like the situation you're describing is a situation that was doable before uh, citadels, right? And the problem is that citadels were meant to fix both POS and stations and turn them into one. And obviously, POS and, cit- and stations operated very differently, but now they, they need to operate, you know, ha- have both effectively the same functionality as what the Maybe. other two had. And I don't know if there's a situation you can create where you make it so that citadels can be uh, attacked in that way without causing massive imbalance everywhere else. Well, where do you feel that citadels are in like the current game balance? Citadels are fucking terrible. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I have that perspective as a small ganger because they yeah. annoy the shit out of me. But like, you know, <laughs> like honestly, like the only one that is like even moderately close to being balanced is probably the Keepstar, and even then, it's got a ton of balance issues too. Um, the tether mechanic is so fucking powerful, and it's, uh, it's I don't like it a ton. I, um, I mean, like just... the, the fact that the, the 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 citadels themselves shoot like these anti-cap weaponry, so that you're can only really attack them with subs. The damage cap on them is really bad. The time zone reinforcement settings on them are super terrible. Like citadels are just like fuck and they're cheap like you like we i literally have a hangar with 70 fucking fortizars like during the fraternity war we were spamming like 60 of these fucking things a day like they're 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 way too cheap they they take way too much effort to clear the mechanics around them are fucked i'm not a big fan of citadels common ground example one yeah i was gonna say i'm like i was actually kind of more surprised like my number one complaint with citadels is also tether and like the newest change where after it goes into abandoned or whatever, it takes away tether. I was just like, that should be at low power. Like, <laughs> or, you know, like yeah. I don't know. There's so many things I, I don't like about tethering that just create this very um, like low risk scenario uh, across the board. So that's, that's funny to hear that from you too. <laughs> like, well, right. I, it's not like I, I've, I've never started a war based on part of this discussion. So I mean, so one thing, though, about Citadels is like how you're talking about if we could get to a point where some of those old mechanics that we used on Outposts could be applied to Citadels. I think if you like look at the like kind of take that idea and spin it and just say like, okay, what if we just abandon Citadels as a place for small gang uh, conflict generation? And that kind of just further reinforces the the ESS or something similar yeah. where, you know, it's not anchored in a fucking escalated ANOM. Um, it's, it's somewhere easy to get to, you know, no tricks. You go there, you're fucking tackled. It yells in local that you're there. You're stealing their shit. Like Billy said, it's almost mandatory 
doesn't have to be mandatory, but make it so that it's such a buff to the system's ratting. It's essentially it's it's a no brainer. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. So we'll see because there's that too. Because I agree with you, Blood. Like those outposts yeah. were good content generate generators back in the day. You could also bubble up. Another thing you can't do is you could bubble up the the undock and you could bubble. You could MJD people off. You know yeah. there were a lot more All those oh, yeah. things. flexible. Right when Bush came. Yeah, yeah, Bush came in right before they made the change. That's right. I yep. remember doing that. Yeah, I had I had uh in or I had undock like zero undock bookmarks for almost every station system in Pravi. And we were because like that's where at that time me and like a, a few guys from uh kind of like the the hype train um the we hurt hype train we like lived near Pravi and we would roam into there pretty much every day and that was like our our main thing is we would have you know we'd get on grid and then we'd have a boosher off grid and when someone would undock we'd be in warp to the zero undock and then like land and if they didn't uh you know either dock again or, or take some action in time we could boost them pretty quickly and you know like that that mechanic just cannot exist currently not on citadels yeah, yeah no for sure. you, you just can't do that anymore so yeah and I, and I definitely feel like there's there's so many problems with citadels like i i i, I can't even like describe them all like every time i every little piece of citadels i feel like has been it started wrong to some degree and then it further like escalated the problem so yeah well we had we had an episode it was like our our darkest episode yet it was like it was like it was early on it was like <laughs> it was like episode, episode four or three or something yeah we just early. for a whole episode about stuff and we kind of pegged it as like the biggest problems were the three c's and those c's stood for capitals citadels and sinos right that was it right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And I think and I think both the Sinos and the Capitals are in much better. They like, are. So last, I think it was last night we were fighting. Uh, there was a Nidhogger on grid, and it was it was funny. At one point in the fight, I I even said, "Okay, this is the part where we just start ignoring the the Nidhogger." And it wasn't. It was still doing damage to us. I mean, he had Dragonfly twos and he was hitting us, but it wasn't to the point that it was super unsustainable. You know, like. We were in nano ships. We had to pull range. We had to, you know, be be monitoring our tank. But like, I was in a hurricane fleet issue, and I was surviving against the dragonflies, you know. And then our priority became targeting cruisers, um, and that was like we had tackled that nidhogger, and we were just like, all right, guys, like, just try to survive until other stuff gets here because we know we're not going to kill it. Like, it would take us forever. We had five dudes. We were field mounting. Like, it would take us forever to kill the nidhogger. But like, and then it kicked off a fight and then we got overwhelmed and, and we ended up dying probably because of a lot of like so just poor choices on our part. But like the fight overall was nowhere near the level of difficulty that it used to be where I remember times where a Nidhogger would warp in and we could have like 10 guys and we would just immediately say, okay, time to leave. Like a capital is here. It's time to leave. Um, and I didn't feel that same level of of kind of pressure um, from one capital, you know, one Nidhogger uh, last night, maybe two or three. Yeah, that would be very, very difficult. And, you know, the application and the damage would start to pile up. But just one, we were like, okay, let's focus on the subs. Um, so that felt like much more uh, balanced in, in terms of what we were encountering. Um so, yeah, well, I, I think the the individual capital has always been pretty weak. The the 
like Anitager, for example, hasn't taken a ton of nerfs in the last little while. It's been Sinos and all the things around it for the most part that have taken yeah. heavy nerfs. Um, but you know, I I mean, I I I've advocated for like I didn't advocate for like the Siren AB MWD to AB thing, but pretty much all the rest of like the anti or the you know nerfing capitals sub subcap application. I, I've been on board or the top pusher for, and and I think it, it's important that people are forced to actually engage with things in a in a reasonable manner like there, there's no engagement profile if somebody drops a titan on you besides like i guess i don't have 50 dreads so i'll leave like <laughs> you know there, there's no there's no reasonable way to do that um and i i definitely think that if the if the ecosystem continues to trend towards this way it will be a much better place like i i just can't see anybody being happy when they jump in and you know 10 carriers are sitting there waiting to shred them yeah so i was, I was kind of curious we had this in our notes a little ways down but this go this kind of touches on the ecosystem and also kind of that point um do you from like from your perspective uh, we had this question about the idea of small gang content coming to people right so like and i always bring up the example of horde like Horde gets so many gangs coming to their space to fight them that I feel like they've become better at fighting. Like they've become better at PVP. And now when I go there with a group of people, like their response is super uh, more accurate or more, more adapted to what we're flying. Do you feel that there's a place where, you know, encouraging that small gang activity within an area of space can like be beneficial to your your members, your like line members, or like their ability to respond or understand a small gang dynamic. One hundred percent. I I think that if you don't have the small gang background, the small gang understanding, it just makes you a weaker pilot. Like I I personally like I don't feel I could have done any of the things I've done in Eve without a clear understanding of how the the foundational structure of pvp combat in eve works like you know i remember rolling around in like a crusader in like providence like in 2006 or 5 and like the the things you learn like doing that like how you know an engagement profile works how to pick a fight how to tackle like all those things are important like you can't you you can't teach that people have to learn it and if they don't learn it then you know they're I, I hate to say this, but like they're just one of those F1 FCs that, you know, they get themselves into all kinds of trouble because they don't understand some of the key underlying mechanics of the game. I, th I think it's like it's like you say it's huge. I've heard um, on Pando's FC chat multiple times. He's kind of uh, had small gang solo type people. I think one was um, Bjorn B, and I think he mentioned it when he was talking to CCP Rise recently, where. He's like, yeah, made a comment along the lines of like, yeah, but you do like solo small gangs. So like, I can't remember the exact quote, but something like in my mind, that's you're basically an FC as well. Like it's it's very similar. So it, like this having gangs roam into your space and responding to them and having people learn. And like, of course, some people are going to feed because in an engagement where people die, where it's not just like, one-sided overwhelming force uh they're going hand in hand is our lessons right like whenever i die i learn a lesson that's a thing in small gang when you die you learn a lesson um when 
when someone undocks and approaches a nano ship, just like right click approach, hits your MWD and gets 100 to zeroed by uh, my buddy in a in a pulse APOC last night. Um, that happened twice where like literally these tackle frigs just got erased because they made really dumb piloting choices. Like those people, <laughs> if they care enough, they're going to learn a lesson, right? They might just say like, well, they, maybe they don't want to learn the lesson, but if they're open to that, I'm sure there's someone in their gang who could explain to them what transversal is and why you should use it. Well, it, it's funny because I've seen over the years, so many hundreds of pilots, like, you know, we're, ta you know, it's fleet on fleet or in that kind of a situation. And you say, go tackle, go tackle, right click approach. And it's like, oh, fucking like, you know, they all get, you know, evaporated as they, you know, cross the no man's land of the combat zone instead of like, just like curving around. But like, for sure. It's like so. It's like it's almost like this. Uh, having a healthy small gang ecosystem benefits. It, it will benefit, uh, like you know, your people, if you will, as as well. To a point. I mean, you don't want to like swing too far, where it's like causing people to like rage quit and be pissed off and not logging in because of small gangs like wreaking havoc on their region. That would be ridiculous. But uh, you know, well, that, there's definitely that, some that's common been ground, the problem, right? So. The problem is you you need that balance, but the thing is if your if your region tends towards safety, there there's no there isn't this super obvious drawback to it. Mm -hmm. I mean you you develop a, a less healthy PvP e ecosystem, right? But in, in general, it, it's it's better to push towards safe than it is towards unsafe because if you're unsafe, things have a tendency to fall apart very quickly. So so you're forced to to push more towards safe, and if you find that perfect balance. The, the, generally, what's going to happen is the the PVE core component of your alliance is going to continue to push more and more towards the safety. Wipe them out. Don't let them roam kind of thing. Yeah. And those people are also usually the people that are most, like, whiny ab about roamers. They're like, oh, my God, there's these guys camping the gate. Can somebody go deal with them? It's like, bitch, go deal with them yourself. Like, what the fuck? Like, it's four dudes camping a gate. They've got, like, you know, it's... And, like, this is, like, you know, in your home regions, at many in many cases, it's uh, it's right because I mean, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of advantages um, you have in a home region that I mean, we talked about how broken citadels are, like having a place to dock and reship, knowing what they're in. You can undock uh, in, in things that hard counter them. You can use jump bridges to get around their backside and like literally have some like dictors and tackle waiting and push them up a pipe, chase them, decloak and bubble the shit out of them while the rest of your gang is like about to jump into them, stuff like that. Like not crazy difficult stuff, but the like in, okay. So in small gang circles, if you will, a, a very common uh, complaint. And I know that this goes both ways. I know um, people in, in Nullsec, living in Nullsec, would say this about small gangers, but people will say, well, it doesn't matter what CCB does. They can make any change they want because you can't fix the player base. So what are, what are your thoughts when people, like on comments like that? Uh, it's both true and untrue, right? Um, I mean, just look at filaments, right? Like they, they've done... So I had this discussion with Rise uh, once, you know, where we're going over much the same thing. And it's like, it's true because part of the problem is generally the people that can traverse be, be pre-filaments, generally the, PV, the PVPers that can like get through 
like the the core null entrance areas have to be in such mobile nano style ships that they're not willing to like how do I put this you, you to get deep into null where where the richer target grounds are you had to fly extremely kitey stuff like you had to be able to you know navigate gate camps dodge things be safe etc and so when those groups would get into deep null they're only interested in killing things because first off they're so deep in to begin with and it's a lot of work to get in there but also because those ships are kitey and expensive and they're not really designed to fight anything reasonable because the the only ships they can really get in that deep are the, those unreasonable ships which creates a situation where the only way for null to really respond to you know five fucking orthruses or whatever else is you know this overwhelming force where it's like get out blob them you know chase them out etc and that created part of this unhealthiness in the, you know, counter response. Now that filaments are in, it's a little bit more diverse in what we people are willing to do and play with because they can filament in, you know, they can take whatever they want for the most part because they don't have that previous restriction of having to be able to come, you know, 10, 20 jumps through NoSec to get there. And a lot of people who filament, filament with the mentality of, well, I'm probably not going to live through this because you, you go in knowing that because you have to get out of NoSec afterwards if you plan to survive. So player mentality is never going to change it's it's the underlying mechanics that determine player mentality uh if any of that makes sense yeah it does and i mean you mentioned that and it it's from the filament aspect it's entirely true i hear um so like one other way like you mentioned how people get ships into deep null the other way people did it were uh with null static wormholes right obviously so like those guys could kind of have free reign with what they're flying but you're right, everyone else, if you wanted to just go for a roam, it was pretty rough. And fuck, let me tell you, traveling for 45 minutes in a battlecruiser battleship just to get like a Sino dropped on you and like you're dead. You're volleyed. Like that's not engaging gameplay. It's, it's well, no, um, it isn't, right? So yeah, nobody did for, it. for no one really. Like, I mean, I, whatever, like everyone plays Eve differently, but I don't know how people just cap dropping things all the time feels engaging. Like I guess it's it's just a, a there's small gangers that do it too that just like killboard pad right that I, I don't feel like it's, it's anywhere near as rewarding like the the thrill of the hunt is not the same yeah but you still have a component of that same reward for doing it right like mm -hmm. I killed this dude I get this kill mouth worth that much I loot his wreck like people still get a, a like a, a good feeling about doing it I don't think as you say it's as as equal as like you know the elite hunters stalking the prey you know dragging down the great lion kind of thing but but you know the lion eats plenty right it's a it's a give and a take in terms of how uh how you feel yeah i think that i do and again you, you might disagree with me but i do feel like you made a really good point about people flying different ships uh via the, the tool of filaments to get into deep null but I do feel like, especially in some regions, um, if people want that content in their area, that they need to respond in kind and and respond with things, knowing that hey, these guys aren't in five snake orthruses; they're in no implants, flying, you know, hundred mil cruisers and battle cruisers. Um, even if even if they're outnumbered, like even if they're coming with superior numbers, but just like coming with things that are semi-engageable. I think whatever changes CCP can make to kind of push that along. Uh, um, I, I don't know how you really fundamentally do that one though. 
like it is a tough one. It's a tall order. I, like, I believe me. For, forcing people to choose engageable, you know, stuff. Like if you come into my space and I have a twenty to you know five advantage open to me, you know, how many people are going to say like, nah, let's let's only fight them with ten, right? Like it, you just don't see it much because there, there's very little reward to doing so. The the problem is that especially at the at the Nolsec fleet level it is very much like armies versus special ops and and holy fuck i'm not calling the small gang pvp or y'all's fucking special ops don't get your head you heard it here <laughs> <laughs> but like you know the average nullsec like pvp pilot is armed with doctrine ships right like they're not you know they, they've got their ferox and their you know maelstrom and their hurricane and their harpy and whatever like that that's their they understand how to fly these ships but like at a small gang PvP level, like do you have your curse and your sentinel and your like you know super speed stiletto and like all, all these other ships that like enable small gangs in different ways, and the the average NOSEC PvP pilot gets in the mentality of not using ships designed for um, fighting that specific gang. They they're like just grab my M16, trusty works every time, and you know go try to fight it, which creates a situation where you know, the small gang group evaluates the situation, says they can fight it or they can't fight it, and then pieces, and, you know, there's no real content for either side. Um, which, it, it's part of a, a training problem and part of a mentality problem. And, like, the training problem requires corporations that are willing to train their pilots on how to do this, but that requires super active CEOs who actually know how to solve these problems, which are rare. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a whole um, spiraling problem that there isn't a good answer for. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely a tough one. I mean, like I think putting some, like, uh, hmm, having uh, yeah, it's a tough one. I think the ESS stuff, like what we were discussing earlier, would go a ways. But maybe my mentality is totally off, and maybe those people are just going to get frustrated at the at the thought of losing, like, what's in the ESS, um, because the like the ESS would also make like if someone's stealing your ESS, you know, you know where they are. And they're in a bubble, um, so it, it's like maybe I, I, maybe those people will be like, "I need my PVE ship, and I need my 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 like roaming gang response ship." Maybe. So I think you know if something like that ESS mechanic change were, were to happen, I think you would see a very interesting dynamic shift. I don't know how quick it would happen, and I don't know how it would happen, but I definitely think you'd see a a dynamic shift, much like you're describing, where people would be forced to respond, so they did all of a sudden think of interesting ways to respond yeah and that would probably help things on along quite a bit and I, I can hear people right now saying like oh but feral but really what about the little alliance like this change is going to hurt common theme this change is going to hurt little alliances more but you know what like i don't know the little alliances that i see holding sob like those guys around veil vale and tribute and you know th those guys and like they tend to respond pretty aggressively and they tend to have, I think those smaller groups have like a higher, um, like skill, like average skill, like piloting skill. Sure. I, I, I mean, you, you, say, you right? have less pilots, so they're, but yeah, exactly. The, the average is going to be higher. Um, so I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, the interesting thing is that like when it comes to NullSec, what you extract from NullSec, like what you get for being a NullSec Alliance, is almost based on your size to a degree. 
So if you're a large alliance, you can have Oracles and Supers. If you're a small alliance, you can have all the other stuff except Oracles and Supers generally, because if you deploy Oracles without the ability to defend them when they're tackled, they die. And Supers are much the same to a degree, although now it's much more... You have enough empty systems for the Supers to hide when they rat in. Um, mm -hmm. But like a small gang, no a small no-sec alliance will extract you know, belt ratting and, you know, some mining, uh, and that's it, right? And if that's all they're trying to get into the space, then they don't need to respond at the large no-sec level. They, they just need to respond at the level to defend a router, defend an ESS, etc., which should, in theory, enable that conflict to happen. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really seem like it would hurt the smaller alliance more than the larger, well, because I, I, the, I the scale is small. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, you know, there, there's no fundamental economy of scale issue that I can see. I mean, maybe yeah. there is some, but, you know, uh, to, I mean, to me, this definitely favors the smaller group versus the larger group. Yeah. I, and, and I know, like, conflict, like, this is all conflict drivers. That's kind of the theme of the show, right? And I know, like, on the large scale, like the macro, I know conflict drivers need a lot of work there, too. But I think, again, on talking about ecosystem as a whole, like, the small, these small, small gangs, small kind of ecosystem uh, conflict drivers are also very important because it'll keep those day-to-day -day players a little more engaged than just like brainless ratting. Um, and maybe they don't want that, but I don't know. I think you would be in a better place if they if they were engaged in that way. I think you'd have more uh, people getting that bug and that itch and that feeling where you go and you know you kill the guy that killed you last week and it feels good. And now that pilot kind of translate that and, and it goes more down like maybe an FC path and there's more FCs in null alliances. Like I know I'm dreaming pretty big here, but like it's it's not it's not too much of a stretch to kind of talk along these lines where where I this, mean you uh, earlier made the comment that you know small gang pilots are, are almost natural FCs or something along that lines. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. But but it's very much true because in a small gang, usually there is no FC. It's like five guys and everybody's, you know, you're talking about the dynamics of the situation as it's happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're making decisions on the fly. I'm tackling, you're doing this, somebody's going to do this. Like everybody's contributing to the overall fleet uh, operation. And by definition, none of you are FCs, but you are all also FCs. And it creates a situation where usually those pilots who are comfortable doing that generally are able to move up and become larger FCs more naturally because all the the only real difference from doing that versus doing a larger FC uh, situation is you're now calling all of the things or more of the things than before. Yeah. And in my experience, it is almost always the case that the good FCs have done some moderate level of small gang um, play uh, before they were larger FCs. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I straight up, I would have zero problem taking out a fifty-man gang and FCing, and I would feel confident doing that. The only thing is, there's probably some tips and tricks you'd pick up on how to wrangle uh, cats, essentially. But like, imagine that's challenging. Yeah, you but, just gotta uh, yell at them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it depends on it depends on the group, right? Like, every yeah. group has a its own. Like, it depends on the pilot skill level. How you would FC a group like Skill Yourself versus how you would FC a group like Brave Newbies are entirely different. Sure. So I don't know. You guys have anything else to add on this kind of topic of, like, this broad topic of of um, like small gang Nelsec ecosystem kind of stuff? I I thought that was very interesting, and like, I'm just kind of sitting processing the discussion. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean. 
I think like I I know what some of the changes coming are, and I think uh, Small Gang will definitely uh, be happy with some of the stuff to come, and th that's really all I can say about it in that regard. Uh, but w w whether you think it or not, there are some people kind of working towards the the Small Gang ecosystem and hoping that they can fly there. Uh, you know, I just I just want to fly my Pim Sentinel, right? Like it's yeah, it's my dream. <laughs> Is that your favorite ship, really? The favorite Small Gang ship? Yeah, man, I just a love it. People out at 60 kilometers, and they don't know what's coming. Yeah, I I fly with some dudes that have a similar mindset. That pimped pimp sentinel with the, uh, I think it, dudes run it with like a plate and a and a rep, like an Ansel or a dead space rep. I think. Wow, the problem with the sentinel is it's got like the worst fitting in the game. It's such a beautiful ship, but it's like the three three mid low with terrible fitting is. It's it's, mm -hmm. it's like the most beautiful but also cursed ship in the game. <laughs> Nice. So, what what other uh, what other like small gang ships do you kind of favor? Let's, uh, let's let's see if let's see if Billy, you kind of talk the talk. I've heard you say things on other shows. I recall I can't remember what show it was on, but recently I heard you say something along the lines of, um, "I've done your gameplay and I I did it better than you." Who was who was that addressed at? It was uh, referring so to small gang. There was a guy named uh, Rich uh, in Forming Dragons. He he's Usually on the TIS Discord, which I frequent a bit, and you know he he was talking about his scepter piloting skills or something. Rich like is on that. our Discord as well. He's uh, yeah, yeah. yeah he's pretty active on Discord. Yeah, he he talks a lot. Um, but you know that was mostly talking about like uh, interceptor, like snaking kind of around the grid. Yeah. I I did a ton of that in the last uh, few years. Um, and it, it it's I don't know how to put this, but like. Flying like a snake scepter around and going for those like high end tackles and all the rest and trying to maneuver between survivability and uh, doing your job is I don't know I I've always found scepters to be one of the most interesting ships in Eve just because of their uh, relative speed and the which way they move around the grid and can do a ton of stuff that people don't really realize. Yeah, and At, I think like, with with scepters you they're really interesting because um like the how can I explain this? The like the the threshold for survival is smaller. Like your mistakes. I mean, any frig you fly, your mistakes are almost amplified because uh, you if you get yourself in a shitty situation, there's almost no es escape. Well, um, you get warp scrambled and you're dead. Like, in yeah, many essentially. Cases. Yeah, even if you and like doing really aggressive plays, like uh, like drive by scrams and stuff like that. If you do it wrong, where you, where you counter scrammed and your momentum's like now you Not have to drift all the way through them. Yeah, exactly. Like you're you're fucking boned. Um, that's game over, right? So, yeah, I'd agree with you there. So Sentinel and interceptors. What what else does what else would like if Billy had all the time in the world to small gang instead of running alliance? I had what some fun would... with an icky uh, recently. It was interesting. Uh, it's it's an odd balance trying to mix it between like somewhat nano, somewhat speed, and somewhat tank. But um, I don't know. I just couldn't. I couldn't find a way to make it work in an enjoyable way. Uh, I've been trying for the love of me to make a Draugr work, but every time I do, things go wrong in a variety of ways. So what do you uh, think the problem with the Draugr is from like a small gang? Like, what do you not like about it? It's a combination of the range and the speed, I think. Like, you know, the Draugr, yeah. Draugr's got that beautiful like resist bonus, so you really want to like plate it or put a like rep on it or... You know, there's a variety of ways to run it, but 
like it just doesn't feel fast enough to do the job it needs to do and the fact it only hits to like 26 27 kilometers is like yeah i don't think that's gonna work you know because you can get warp disrupted because you're a drogger and you're like 500 mil so it, you're, you're not exactly a low priority target and yeah i've just never been able to really fly one in a way where i felt like i was making a meaningful contribution besides providing links I was gonna say, like, uh, I know we just talked with WebDriver, who is using a Draugr a lot, and uh, I know like some of the barcode guys, um, like Wild Things. Those guys. One of the things I like about it is that it has limited range, so it's like more skilled. Yeah, it's the, it's the balance, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like, where you have like Kiki Moras that hit out super far, and that's kind of like why it has felt so. Uh, yeah right, like so <laughs> pervasive the Draugr kind of has that like that nice edge kind of that you have to you have to really ride yeah like I, I was i was doing like a small gang little roam with some guys like oh probably a month ago now and there was like five of us and we ended up fighting like a 10-man gang and i think and i was in like a kiki and we had like three assault frigates or something and like i just sat at like 60 kilometers as the fight was going on and i did like 75% of the entire damage of the entire gang just because like you can sit at 60 and just go zap 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 and like frigates and cruisers are so like yeah with the key uh, it, and, the, and the, the tracking the is like amazing so, yeah like well the, the tracking on all of the triglavian ships is way overtuned like way way like i've seen ickies and drekivix do some disgusting things with their tracking it just it's not properly balanced I mean, it's it's so it's so good. Like when I flew the VEDMAC, I was flying like a XLASB plus LSE VEDMAC recently. And when you look at it, because I mean, everyone looks at the damage and go, oh, like, look how much the damage is fully ramped. And that's the number of people use. But like, that's bullshit. The amount of times that you actually get to full ramp in small gang is non-existent. So you, you do have to look at like the first 30 seconds of damage and how much damage you're doing. And I was looking at that. I'm like, oh, man, it's like when you're when you're using your long range ammos, it's like 220 to 260 DPS, like super low, but the tracking is so fucking good. That ship is so great at clearing tackle because your tracking is so amazing. You can get those like big hits, those wrecking shots and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah. I just, just, just seconding how amazing the tracking is on those boats. Crazy. Well, it's almost to the point you don't need like any form of application, right? Like in oh, most you cases you still want like a web for, you know, something gets like right under you but even then you almost don't it's uh you know if you pilot you can almost you know defeat tracking kind of things yeah and with especially with like medium newts like i i find you can almost forego the web and just just with the ability to like use three newts and turn off prop mods and like if they have an av and you're, you're fine like you kill attack you kill like shed a scram and get an mwd cycle to lower transversal and you're like there's no way they can you know do anything yeah it's, but you mentioned you were flying with uh, some dude small ganging, and it's uh, it's a very like meme famous quote that you do small gang on your alts. Yeah, is that that's correct, right? Obviously, you were kind of we were chatting before the show started. Yeah, yeah. How I, you go I, with I have a couple. I have a couple of uh, spy characters with like lower SP that I do. So I've I've gone on, like public roams with like Rubs and Monsters Reborn and those crews. Oh, nice dude. And and uh, you know, I've got a couple of alts in tests that are a little less known 
that I now that I don't advertise, so I can kind of do things that are a little less uh, mm -hmm. obvious. It's me. Cool. So you mentioned uh, like Rub Rubs Roams, who um, Rub has uh, recently quit the game. So dude did a lot for the small gang community and introduced a lot of people to small gang, which is super cool. And the uh, um, the monsters guys, which which are awesome. Havoc was on the show recently as well. And uh, I just wanted to mention last last night we kind of did our first like I made a event in the Discord like yo guys we're gonna do this this thing we're gonna film it, um, so you know this is the time and date and we had 15 people show up which is pretty cool so we all got into groups of five and formed in Jita and and went and filmenting it was pretty cool we like I just made a quick in game channel to sort out like fleet invites for everyone like hey X up. And your your like leader, like we designated a leader for each of the filament groups to kind of organize. And uh, it was cool chatting, like, okay, where'd you guys get? Like, what region did you guys get? And then like posting the lost mails. Like, we were the only ones. The other two group groups got uh, like frat space right off the bat. Like, literally dumped onto an aggressive grid, <laughs> like on a gate with a bunch of shit there, like a camp. It was uh, it was pretty crazy. But yeah, I think we're gonna do that more. So one thing I was. I was kind of hoping was that we'd have some newer people um, because in an environment with like in the lesson in discord, there's, there's a ton of really skilled pilots and we had a, a ton of really skilled pilots for these filaments. Like it was, it was almost too skilled. Everyone knew how to roam. Um, some people probably learned a couple things, but uh, I really would like to see some people who are maybe a little nervous to get into small gang or or you know don't know how to fit the ship properly or whatever to come out and uh we're i'm gonna i'm gonna get you guys to tell me or tell whoever is running it that you're new and we'll make sure we pair you up with some really like outgoing people who will help you out and uh, make sure that if there's uh, multiples of, of the newer type people that we don't just put them all in one group so yeah like it was super fun blood was there i was there bunch of other dudes are there. There's some dudes from like from uh, Gorin, right now they're in code, but Gorin, some dudes from Tuskers, like all these really prolific small gang groups. And it was just super fun. So yeah, I don't know, Blood, you had a good time, right? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And it was, it was funny, like we died twice and like a couple of those were pretty much just our own mistakes, but it was like, it was fun afterwards talking about like, oh, okay, yeah, like what, you know, how did we kind of, what mistakes did we make there? Like, how could we improve? And then like, we went back out again and just different kind of run into different things and, and stuff. So it was, it was fun. And it was, it was like chill too. Like that was the thing. Like, I think at one point somebody like started apologizing. We're like, bro, bro, just don't, it's cool, man. Like we're, we're just having fun. Like we expect to die on these things. Like it's all good. So uh, this is fun in that, in that way. And yeah, like I, I was testing out like, AC Cinnable and, and stuff last night and just figuring out like okay it has has the buff to like close range damage helped in that situation much or you know where do I think ACs are at and so it's, it's just good fun and overall one thing I've seen uh, like Yeet fleets on Yeet fleets uh, fleet mates of mine have flown but I haven't tried yet and I'm going to is the it's like the daddy oracle APOC so it's it's literally no tank APOC, all damage tracking, nano, sig amp on MJD, NWD. And all you do is like literally micro jump away 
and light up people from like 90 with Scorch. And then yeah. you have your the rest of your gang kind of like kites towards you, towards the direction you MJD'd and screens. It's a super cool ship. Like no tank at all. It's ridiculous. Well, one of our guys was flying it last night and he one shot a Griffin at 93 kilometers. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's the type of shit you can do. It's just, it's pretty fun. Pretty cool ship. Yeah, those specialized ships are always kind of the most fun to fly too, right? Because you're doing something different and something you haven't done in a long time. Flying the same ships over and over and over again is one of the biggest problems people often have and know. The Ferox, the, the Munin. <laughs> they want to see some new hulls show off them dank skins. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with that one more. Have you been up to much in game, Vili? Or are you like really, uh, you know, kept busy with, you know, alliance level stuff or CSM stuff, or do you get to like go out and do a lot? Um, so I, test is a, a large job, so it keeps me significantly more busy in terms of Eve play time than I would like at times. Um, but I've gotten to play quite a bit actually in the last little while, and gotten to enjoy and do some fun stuff like. It's uh, it's been kind of pleasant. I've gotten to be a little involved with the five v five team that uh, Darren's been running for uh, Spartan Vanguard. There, um, you know, the CSM stuff is always ongoing, and there's a variety of things kind of happening with that. So it, it definitely keeps me busy. But you know, it's uh, it's good times. Like, so I I, you... I definitely feel like Eve's in a much better state right now than it has been. Yeah, we, we feel that as well. Um, I think the last year has been tremendous for development. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty hopeful going forward that it's going to continue on that path. But let's back up for a sec, because you said you were involved in the 5v5 stuff. The the um, We had some of those dudes on a show a while back, like Casper and Wild. They're both heavily involved in that, running that. And man, they're doing such a great job. So what are you, what were what was your experience doing that? What are your thoughts on it? I think it's great, man. I, I think it's... Uh it's really natural how it's kind of spawned up and they've put the work in to put together a, a really interesting format and they're, they're doing a ton of work to make it balanced and interesting. And like the, the stuff you're happening is very diverse and it's, it's very much about actual like in-game skill. And if you can fly your ships the right way and the whole yeah. draft component of it is so much more balanced. I feel than the eight Alliance tournament ever was. It's a, uh, I, I think it's, a, it's arguably one of the best expressions of skill I've seen in even a long time. You know, something that also is interesting with the draft is it's almost like it benefits everyone because uh, like a common complaint, as you're probably aware, with the Lions tournament was that um, people people that didn't have a tremendous amount of knowledge about EVE ships uh, had a hard time watching it or following it. But I find now, like, I don't know, I know what the ships are and I know what they do, but there's there's like a time period. You see the draft happening and then there's a theorycrafting fitting period, right? Where where those people see the draft, the viewers, and then they can kind of understand the comp a little more. They can they can look at like whatever uh, the Eve University wiki and look at what the ship does before they see the match and stuff like that. Like I think their format is not only better from the competitive side, like the pilots, the the vets that love that competitive gameplay, but it's also better for the viewers and the people on the other side of the coin. Oh, 100%. Like, which, I mean, which, obviously they've oh. stolen to a degree the the draft ban pick format a little bit from uh, League and Dota and whatever. Yeah. But that format is like the the bee's knees for like, you know, esports viewership or whatever, right? It's like 
you, know, you have these picks, people get to talk about the picks, you know, they're analyzing the picks, the picks actually matter in the game. Um, it, it's really good, and I, I think it provides so much depth and diversity to um, the, the format in general. Like, And the fact that they're like aggressively adjusting the... Um, the point values and the mechanics that they're they're doing stuff around, I think, is is huge. Yeah, I mean, it's probably we've had a lot of wishful thinking on this episode, but uh, I hope CCP is taking note, and uh, I'm, I'm sure they are because I don't know how they couldn't with with something this big, this fast. You know, like um, oh, I, I I think that's a good guess. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as much as you can likely say. I, I mean, it, it's you know they're not blind. They've got some good community managers there. They, yeah, for sure. They're, they're viewing it. It's just one of those things where it's like, you know, I, I think Hilmar talked a little bit about uh, the realities of the Alliance tournament uh, on that stream there. Uh, I think it was last week, and you, you know, uh, this is kind of much more the format I think they have envisioned. But mm-hmm. we'll kind of see, obviously, how you know supportive that is going to work and how it's going to happen. But definitely, I, I think at the very least, the, the groundwork has been put before them to kind of give them uh, something, uh, you know, a sandbox to kind of look at. And I don't know how to really yeah, describe they, this all. But they can, like, through this, they can get a test bed for numbers, like how how many people are interested in this and the form well, of engagement. I, I think you will find that the, the number of people that are involved in this and or the Alliance tournament is never going to be truly at the threshold where I think a, a company is going to be like, oh, we got to do this, right? Like, EVE is a niche game to begin with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're talking like 40,000 concurrent users and like, let's say you could push the the 5v5 scene to like 2K average per person, per, like a, a stream at a time, right? Like, so 2,000 people are watching every time. That'd be pretty huge for EVE. That would be massive. That, that would be as big as the Alliance tournament, right? Um, but when you think about like 2,000 people watching at a time, like in comparison to other games, that's so small still, right? Like it's yeah. not even like the number like 50 streamer on league or something, right? So like pushing CCP to like invest like heavily, like in terms of like, you know, they're not going to create a studio. They're not like, but but they can make like meaningful and interesting contributions and help the growth of the 5v5 scene, I think 100%. And you know, sure. I'm sure they're watching it, right? Yeah, and we we uh you guys, if you're interested in this kind of topic and you haven't listened, we did an episode on on Alliance tournament, and we had Casper and Wild on, and the, these are two of the guys that are uh, doing a big part of this five v five thing, and so you can kind of get see where they're coming from, and we we discussed Alliance tournament much in the same way, really the same tone, kind of that Billy just used, um, not just from a fanboy perspective, uh, you know, we were real about it. Yeah, and we it's, also it's a good listen. We also had the opportunity to talk with um, the like two of the guys who are putting together uh, player-run tournaments, right? Squishy yeah, for sure. And Havoc. So DTM was, and Havoc. Or DTM and Havoc. That's right. And it, that was just like a couple episodes ago. Um, so that that also kind of gave like a little bit of background into the challenges like that they're encountering, just in terms of like community involvement. So it, it's kind of like a good mix too. Yeah. So I think we'll kind of move into a general kind of story time before we uh, say goodbye tonight. Um, is there any, before we do that, is there anything else you guys want to kind of dig into, really get our claws into before we finish on a later note? Sounds good. So I'm going <laughs> to tell a story. 
Yeah, he's good, dude. Go. Well, I guess this is both a story and, and this is kind of my re-election campaign for the small gang community. So, Right, because you're running for the next CSM, right? Yeah, so so this is an interesting story. So Wait, you all like Phil. Hold on, because I have I have a qualm with this. Can't you just tell your alliance members to vote for you, and that's enough voting membership to like get you reelected? <laughs> like, no, this is okay. This is but this is what happened last year. Is like there was all this like hype around like different people, and then like different alliances just traded votes to ensure that like six of the six of the spots were guaranteed. Like. <laughs> Or not to shit on your parade, but like, isn't there just enough voting membership that you, you're guaranteed a spot regardless if if you just tell people? There's enough alliance members in my alliance that I'm going to tell to vote for me that I have a good shot at being elected. It's never guaranteed, you know. If, if you can't prove that you're a reasonable candidate, whether you could tell people to do something or not, that doesn't mean they're going to vote for you, right? Like, I could say everybody tests, I need you to vote for me, but if they don't trust me, they're not going to vote for me. And, okay, so so uh, like I'll, I'll be honest, like you know I, I'm pretty confident I can get I'll get elected again, but to say that I'm 100% is not accurate. All right, right well then I'll I'll concede the point of maybe put Vili like third or fourth on your ballot after a couple of pure small gang choices. <laughs> well, the... <laughs> I'm sorry, I, like I just that's the way I see it, man. Like Stitch barely got elected, is my understanding. You know, like um uh izuki for wormholes like he was like you know number nine or ten or something like he's pretty far down on the list and like that was with every single one of those supporters putting them as their number one vote like hey listen i'm not gonna disagree with the sentiment okay it's fair (laughs) okay so so billy i i will offer you a trade we we will we will pump your csm bid if you put two candidates of our choosing on the end of the te- on the end of the test ballot. Although it doesn't really matter, does it with with STV? So basically the test ballot will be myself number <laughs> 1. We'll probably have whoever the the go-to legacy number 2 is, so kind yep. of like the dunk spot. And then after that most of our ballot really doesn't matter in all honesty. Right. Um but with STV, like, as soon as someone it, like on your ballot, your top choice or top two choices are elected, the rest of your votes don't matter, correct? Uh, well, so all you know, the, the ballot works so that like if I, I get in like the three or four thousand ballots, that I say that automatically get you in, then o- those will all be like removed from the system. And then whatever right. ballots were left over that would have. Yeah, been, right, right. Then those all pass to the second. And there's also a percentage like passed down. So, I mean, in theory, it could matter, but it, like... Yeah. Realistically, like, unless you're, like, third on the test ballot, there's zero value, right? Yeah. Um, you can understand but, where we're coming from. I'm all, we're oh, all 100%. Food, like, varied, and, varied, C, varied CSMs. So you guys all like filaments, right? <laughs> yes. So I'm pretty proud of filaments because I'm pretty sure if... Let me put it like this. So... At the end of one of the CSM meetings on the summit, we're sitting outside the meeting room or whatever, and Rise is talking about this idea he's got where he wants to just teleport into Nullsec. And he's like, ah, I don't know if I can make it work. And that's where your bro Billy comes in. And he's like, this is a fucking awesome idea. You have to do this. Don't let this fucking not do this. Like, you just got, like I'm just there like, 
injecting him with like liquid like word courage like you gotta do this, this is you're being awesome. his hype man <laughs> no like dead on like that like literally sometimes that's a role you need to propose like this is his idea and I, like you just sit there and you brainstorm and you help him like firm and i'm like yeah you just like transport through abyssal space that's what we'll do like transport through abyssal space go wherever you want like it's like oh no i'm like do it do it don't let this fucking drop and it, he's like well can we did um, event put him in an event people will try it they'll love it like he's like uh yeah like like because this <laughs> is all awesome. like rise and like yeah, yeah. At, at times i feel like in the company he, like he's he's like this beautiful like beautiful flower and he needs the light to shine on him a little bit and like if, if i was able to give him like a couple drops of water to make him sprout into his godliness then you know sometimes that's all the contribution somebody in the world can make <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so so billy Philly for CSM 15, CCP wow. Rises, Muse. <laughs> well, hey, like, you know what? That's good. Uh, like, listen, it, it sounds funny, but it's like one of those, like, pivotal moments where I'm like, yeah, for I sure. did something really good, really important here just by telling somebody hey. else, like, you need to do this. Like, cause, yeah, cause I fell you, in love you, with you, them right off the bat, man. Like, the filaments are so good. I was, oh, yeah. I'm just stoked that, like, he broke the filament news. He, like, hinted at them super hard on our podcast when he uh when he was on it was like he he called it a love letter to small gang and we were oh, just yeah. like what the fuck is he talking about like what are these what's gonna what is, what's it gonna be and then as soon as it dropped we're like that's what it is <laughs> oh, well like so part good. of the reason it was so good because he like he's a small gang pvp at heart too oh right? for sure and like he's he was like lamenting like his inability to like go and like do it because he just like couldn't get through the nullsec entrances or it camped or whatever else so when like he was just trying to formulate this idea and you know you're helping him mold it a little bit but he had this idea and he wanted it and you could see how good an idea it could be you just need to give somebody that push off the cliff and you know for, for sure I, I'm, I'm totally going to take credit for like at least giving him a shove so we, we will confirm we'll we'll oh uh, yeah we're not a fake news network we will confirm i'll i'll dm him he probably loves loves when i dm him about dumb shit so oh yeah he's a good man yeah uh, uh and it, it's important i i think that it, like that he gets all the the backing from the community you guys can give him oh for sure we've had we've had nothing but love for for talos and, and ccp rise i mean um he's doing god's work out there him and his team and like we said i mean like we're we're pretty up and up on ccp uh we've been around for almost a year now and uh yeah, we've had that one doom and gloom episode, and it wasn't even that bad. We were just like talking about problems. Um, and, but I'm like, I'm pretty big. There's, uh, it's pretty tough because uh, the small gang community can be pretty toxic, um, like lots of bitter vet isms, and uh, and yeah, we really try not to be that. So, yeah, well, I, I mean, I think it's crucial that if you want something from uh in terms of development like if you know the small gang community wants support it's crucially you don't spend all day shitting on the people you want these things from right like <laughs> like and you know you guys are laughing but like it's, well yeah i know i i, I feel you man i get you that's because uh, i've hey. seen like wormholers and null seckers and small gangers and high seckers like spend all day like oh we need some love why the fuck can't you give us everything we need you guys are shit why can't you fucking always ignore us and like uh like you know you create this like toxicity within the relationship like where you only get something when things are so bad they're like well i guess we have to give them something now yeah hey man 
I can't undo what other people do. I can just be a voice of positivity. Yeah, but like a voice of positivity, like it's so, like it's that light that shines through the clouds, right? Like, and you know, a couple voices of positivity can make all the difference in the world. And people don't realize just like, okay, so something else I do, for example, is I I run uh, the TTT. And, you know, it it takes a little bit of time to uh, put together these things. And I'm managing this, you know, industrial stuff for like, it's mostly for high sec people. Like the the trading tower itself is just like the plex trades and stuff, but there's a whole bunch of other stuff around it. And I get these mails from guys who are like, I really like your industrial facility. I want to thank you for doing it. I'm like, like, it just warms your heart, right? It's like, oh, like it it makes you like that rewarding feeling is worth so much. Like it, it, you know, 10,000 people could shit on you and I get shit on a lot from all angles. But like, you know, every once in a while, those like couple words of support mean a ton to people. And yeah, it's it's the same thing with us with the just doing a podcast. Like, uh, yeah, it takes time and it's effort. But um, especially at the beginning, we had so much like support from people who are like, I came back to the game because like one of my buddies linked me to your podcast and I listened to an episode and it got me hyped and I and I came back, I resubbed and like just stuff like that. It's it's fucking huge. That feels so cool. Um, well, here here you go then. I I, I listened to a couple podcasts. Uh, I'm not going to say which ones because but definitely the rise one as well um where you know when i listen to them like oh, i want to go fucking small gang again like yeah exactly not, not that not that i did that week but like the next week you know and then it was like you know it, it's that inspiration you are the muse you are you know reviving those best memories that people have and i think there's a ton of value in that yeah for sure that. we just need to find our, our own muse for <laughs> <laughs> right blood <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. we'll get there yeah all right so i don't know blood you want to share a story oh our we we did filament roaming and uh i flew an hfi um like dual link nano um which was AC pretty arty arty it was is pretty entertaining um you know jaguars still are impossible to kill. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they they, like, they can only nerf the Jaguar so much. You can, yeah, I mean, that, that was even with like an Osprey Navy shooting at it, and me with like a Sayboat at like 40k hitting it and stuff. But um, no, that's fun. And like the Cinnabla is flying was really fun. That one was ACs. It feels like it tracks pretty decent. Um, I, I can't Cinnabla remember. Cinnabla with was, AC tracks really good. Yeah, I know, right? Shocker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, was, I mean, I was using barrage and hitting stuff at like 46, like pretty decently. So um, it was more of like less of the tracking, more of like how much the fall off would actually play a part in, in damage application. And um, I felt like it, it did pretty good. Um, yeah, brawled down like an Osprey Navy and a Caracal. Um, it's still pretty light on tank, but it it's speed and stuff can make up for that. So yeah, having lots of fun in that regard. I spun back up a a, a ratting character in Horde, um, and you know, just was doing some of that like while we were roaming. So it's just you know standard Eve stuff, I think. Um, but yeah, yeah, like, Horde's a good spot to have a character. Like, there's no doubt about that. It's nice. Like while we were roaming, I was just like looking at Intel, like not to be like, oh hey, like you know, not blue scouting, but I was like at one point someone called out like. Um, a gate camp that was like affecting horde and i was like hey guys we're like kind of close like do you want to go over there 
it was like 16 jumps. So we were like, eh, let's go to this area first and then we'll head on out. And we went to wherever we were going and then we died. <laughs> so we're just like, whatever. <laughs> but you know, it's stuff like that. That's just kind of nice. Their, their group's pretty big and like their network's pretty big. The only thing I don't like is like, I don't like drone space. It's just me. I like DD sites. I like Grista space and like, um the majority of them are living in in drone space and i want to be back in geminate where they were like i don't know six months ago like i want that to be the horde main area so it's kind of it's kind of whatever in that in that sense but yeah just doing general general eve regular stuff i might do some frigate stuff again um feel out how low sec is going and and how active the faction warfare areas are nice yeah Uh well, I'm going to share a story about my, like last episode, we talked about nomadic stuff. And I mentioned how I had some alts set up in a shattered wormhole. So this morning I woke up, uh, you know, grabbed a coffee, kind of sat down. I was like, ah, I'm going to log onto my alt and scan, and scan down uh, all the sites in my sta- in this shattered. So I do so, and I saw some other probes on D. So I was like, cool, someone's here. The shattered wormhole has a high second and null sec static. So I was using it for like roaming null. And also you get a lot of people like wandering in through the high sec. So I see an Imicus on D and he's in a data site. So I have an Orca that like holds a bunch of ships for me. So I warped my alt. I have three characters, my like combat character, a bait character and the Orca. So I warp my combat character over, hop in an Astero, warp into the data site to kill this Imicus because I know People quite often bait in sites like this with high like that are close to trade hubs. They'll like bait in the data sites with a cheap imicus and then decloak and try and fight you. So I'm like, cool, let's see what's here. So I I go into the site, tackle the imicus, killing the imicus, Loki decloaks, sweet. Uh, so he decloaks, he's like nine off me. So I just burn a little bit. I'm flying like a kitey MSE uh, Astero. Imicus dies, I tackle the Loki, I'm orbiting it, and I'm like, hmm. I'm not going to be able to kill this thing with the Astero. I'll sure try, but maybe this is worth sacrificing the clean kill board of my bait to just like come over in a Gila and kill this Loki. But the Loki has light drones and I'm trying to kill them, but eventually I get pushed off. So as I'm like burning away, I see him motoring towards the Imicus Rex. I'm like, fuck it. I warp back to my Orca. And at this point, I notice I made a mistake. So when I stored my previous ship to grab the Astero, there wasn't enough room in the Orca, so I had a Tengu floating beside the Orca. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm just gonna grab my Pilgrim, which is like an XLASB uh, triple medium newt Pilgrim, uh, and I'm gonna go fight this Loki. So I warp in on the Loki, and as I land, he has combat probes out, like he had just launched them. And as I land with the Pilgrim, oh, no. yeah, as I land with the Pilgrim, he cloaks, and I'm like. Fuck my my Tengu is like now about twenty k off my Orca because I was like fuck I got I got to move this Orca so I can cloak it so I had like double clicked it has an MWD so I was like twenty k off and cloaked and I'm like fuck my Tengu is sitting there unmanned I'm like and I can't now I can't warp to my Orca because it's gonna break cloak and this dude has combat probes now like over top of the the Tengu which is on grid with the Orca. So I'm like, fuck, what am I going to do? So I, I was like pretty proud with the way this this rolled out. So immediately I'm like, okay, I got to go now. I decloak my Orca and I MWD align it to the high sec hole. 
I warp it to the high sec because I figure like this is the safest place I can be. I could warp somewhere else. He has combat probes. There's a chance he could get a hit on my orca. Warp it to the high sec hole. If he comes, I'll just jump through. No biggie. So I warp it to the high sec hole. I warp uh, my stero or my my pilgrim over, stash it in the orca, warp back to the tengu. But I landed like twenty off because the tengu had drifted away from the safe. So I'm like, fuck. And the Loki is on grid with, with me. So I'm like, shit, he's just going to kill me. I can't, I can't slow boat to my Tengu. So, so I warp back, get in my Pilgrim, warp back to the, to the Tengu. And now this dude, the Loki brought in an alt and he has a, he has his own capsule on grid, like beside the Tengu. So as soon as I land, I locked up my Tengu so that he couldn't board it. So if you guys aren't aware of this mechanic, um, if a, if a ship, like floating in space is being locked no capsules can board it um, uh except the original except the owner. owner of the ship yeah yep. yes so so but i was in my pilgrim so nobody could board it uh this is like when people back in the day pl talk about ghost riding uh carriers this is kind of the same mechanic is is how they did that so nobody could steal their shit basically so the capsule i lock up the capsule i lock up the loki tackle the loki move my drones towards the capsule it warps off so now i'm like okay i got this loki now he's tackled i got my newt cycling and then he fucking warps off he is stabbed i was like 20 off him of and he just fucking leaves i'm like oh what the hell so the both the capsule the loki land on the high six static jump out and leave so i'm like okay well that was <laughs> <laughs> that was exciting but i'm done now so i warp back put my my pilgrim on my orca warp my pod back and get my tengu <laughs> it's just like it's like lucky boy it's like a dumb story like there's no mark on my kill board there's nothing aside from an imicus kill um but it's just like it, it was hard to put your finger on this type of content and how it's exciting and uh and it's like these little things that happen these weird oddities right and uh, they're super engaging and even though like there wasn't any big victory. Uh, it was just like that moment of panic. And like, I was proud of my decision, how I instantly thought I'll just warp my orca to the high sec. It was like, a, I don't know. I feel like I easily could have lost a bunch there, <laughs> but I didn't. So yeah, it was good. I mean, it definitely could have went worse for sure. <laughs> could have had a Tengu and a Loki shooting your pilgrim. Yeah. Or my orca. <laughs> well, I'm surprised he had a he reacted so quick to have a pod. That's a yeah. He must yeah. Like, I think they were off the chain. Yeah, I don't okay. know. I didn't even see like to be honest. I didn't even see what group the dude was with. Like uh, I think it was a French corp. But yeah. Uh, anything else? Anything else you guys want to mention? No, I think that's good, man. Cool. We'll just move into shoutouts. Blood, you got a shout out for anyone? Yeah, I'll shout out Yan Shartuskiev, or however you say his name. You guys know him. He's been on our episodes a few times, but he's he's a good buddy. He actually called me on my cell phone the other day just to talk and like see how I was doing and stuff. And yeah, it meant a lot. He like literally just listened to me like stress and, and de stress for like 30 minutes. So yeah, I'll give him a shout out just as a, a good dude and a, a good friend. All right. Well, uh, because we're on the small gang, you know, podcast here, and I don't. Well, actually, you know, I'll I'll, I'll give two. I'm I'm going to be greedy. So uh, first off, I'll give a shout out to the Goblins crew and Test who have been doing 
awesome work in both the 5v5 and small gang arenas. And second, I would all give a shout out to Stitch, who I think is doing a bang up job with the CSM campaign so far. I hope to see him soon. Nice. All right. Well, I'll give my shout out to all the candidates who uh, were set to record with with me the other day. But I had some real life uh, kind of pseudo emergency thing come up and I had to delay it. So shout out to you guys. Thanks for being understanding. Yeah, we're going to record next week. So it's going to be a hot episode. Just remember, it's not about the size of your gang. It's how you use it.